What a remarkable story and how life-changing it is for us. <laughs> what must it have been like for Cleopas and the one who traveled with him? And they were changed. They were changed by it. They had fled Jerusalem for the same reason that other disciples were locked in a room inside of Jerusalem. They had a home to go to seven miles away, and they fled with those same emotions that had filled the others, the terror, the, 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 the fear, the, the uh, uh, devastation of their hopes and dreams and expectations. I mean, they were, uh, they were, if not locking themselves up in Jerusalem, they were fleeing. The road must have been a busy one that very day, that very Easter day. They were changed. And you know, one of the ways we really know how much they were changed is that they were leaving. That seven miles was a very treacherous journey. Treacherous enough in the daytime, but at night, nobody had any business going out the road between, the road between Jerusalem and Emmaus. And it's likely one of the reasons they invited Jesus in. They knew it was getting dark. It was dangerous to be out on that road. They invited him in. But then they run back out, don't they? It's even darker. It's even darker. And they run back toward all the chaos, all the fear, all that has gone wrong. They run, they run headlong into Jerusalem through through that night, that uh, treacherous night that was known to be inhabited by, by uh, uh, thieves and murderers and the like. What a transformation. Now, you all know what a thin place is. I hope you do. If not, it's a Celtic expression for a moment or, or a place. It can, be, it can be time or space when our sense when our mind and our senses, when there is a very thin veil between what we can perceive with our mind and our senses and God's fullest reality. When we get so close that maybe the hair on the back of our neck stands up or that our hearts are warmed. This was surely a thin place for those disciples. A thin place for me in our Eucharist most often is after we have taken the bread and together blessed the bread and it is broken. Because in the moment that I look at that loaf in its beautiful entirety, its, its wholeness, the integrity of its wholeness, no rough edges, you know how bread bakes, this beautiful thing, to take that beautiful unity of being that is in that loaf and to break it so that it can be shared is for me a thin place. And imagine for many of you, as it is for me, it's a moment when we remember that Christ, so beautifully and perfectly whole, 
was broken upon the cross, that his life might be shared with us. And so for me, for me, this moment when we share the bread, one of the things, whether I'm in the pews or up at the altar, one of the things I love to watch is how this thing that was once whole is torn into all these tiny individual-sized pieces and given and, and taken in and blessed by virtue of its receipt. And how that loaf becomes whole again as I look around the entire congregation and see that loaf fully consumed. The divine life of Christ broken and given and taken in by us individually so that collectively we become again that beautiful unity that is the body of Christ. And I love to watch us as we process out into the world. As we go back into those dark and dangerous and treacherous and disappointing and shocking places. Alive with Christ. Changed. Forever. Amen.